With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I'm getting ready to go get Michelle Swinnick and bring her on. I know that she's got her ankles taped. She's ready to go. And let's go ahead and let's not waste any time. It's too critical right now. Michelle Swinnick, welcome to the Ohio Brett Show. Ohio Brett, can you hear me loud and clear? Are we good? I, I, we are good to go, Michelle. Oh, awesome. Hey, we are prepped up and ready to roll. The locker room is yours. You know what we do on the Ohio Brett Show. You have Ohio State Buckeye fans, Miami Hurricane, Toledo Rockets. We might even have some fans of that ugly-looking maize and blue out of Annie Arbor. But <laughs> we're ready to roll, Coach. Oh, Lay it on so it. funny. All right, so – I just got off the phone with Daniel Woods. Now, you guys, I've been on the phone for two hours. I was prepping for the show. So this is the first time that I'm bringing forward any of this information. Um, so bear with me. It might be a little bumpy, but I'll try to make it smooth. But so how much time do we have first? How much hey, time we're we good to go for a half hour. Oh, awesome. All right. So I'm gonna, I have lots of notes and I have lots of things to show. Did you get the documents that I sent you? I do. And I can pace? pull them up if, whenever you coach me up. I love this. This is awesome. All right. So for those of you um, who watched the last time, we did a little constitution lesson. So we're going to do a quick refresher. But if you notice, I moved some things in the studio, right? I, the flag, I put put it down because you already know it's upside down. You already got that. You already know I'm patriotic. I mean, look at my hat, right? Uh, but I added a whiteboard because sometimes this is a working show, right? This is this is where we're, we are motivating the masses to get up their asses and we need people to work. You don't just get to sit back, especially nowadays. So that's uh, what we're, there's some little notes I'm going to add on there. But I did want everyone to look at what I put up there. It says, and I, now I know where the top is. So just look, it says God. This is the order of things, everybody. This is the order. God, people, laws, government, corporation. Okay. It's in that order. Notice how God is first. Then it's people. And then all the other stuff, the poop is underneath it. So we, the people, have all the power. All right, quick constitutional refresher. I like to use the Arizona Constitution. I encourage you to look up this section in your own constitution because um, you need to know what it says. But all constitutions apply to all states, but I really like the way that they worded this. So this is Article 2, Declaration of Rights. Section 2, Political Power, Purpose of Government. We know the purposes of government is to destroy your life, but this is what it says in the constitution. All political power is inherent in the people. Doesn't say the administrators and legislators, it says the people, okay? And governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governed and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. The consent of the governed. Who is governed? We are not governed. We are free people. Our rights came from God. He gave us dominion over the land. That's why the machines are called dominion. It's the control of the land. The turds, the administrators, the legislators, they take their oath. They're giving their consent to be governed by who? We, the people. We hold all the power. We don't like to use the power. I don't know why. I think it's probably because a lot of us don't even know we have it. So with that being said, that is your foundation. All right. So Daniel Wood had filed that court case that we guys, we talked about the last time I was on this show. And it was asking constitutional questions. Basically, it proves that our elections are unconstitutional based on the constitution, but they put it into a nice court case. The reason why it has made some momentum 
into the courts is because he filed it under common law, not administrative law, which is what they like to file everything. And they like to have all of the motions and they like to use that process because it takes away all the rights of the people. And if you look, common law is how you want to always file things. You file it in a judicial record of the courts, right? And I'm throwing terms out. This is actually all new to me too. So uh, it, we're all in this together, right? But it, it's really easy to learn because it's simple stuff. This is the basics. This is the, this is the foundation for your whole for your whole country. So uh, he he fought. They filed it. This was back in August, and it was the judicial court of record, which is common law. And the courts like to do everything administratively. Remember the Administrative Act is how they actually took a control of a lot of things. Administrative law, administrative courts. That's using statutes, motions, and they call you a person or they use the word parties. That's all administrative. You are people, okay? Person is not even, uh, it's, not a per it's not a people. People is people. It's like a human being. Person's dead, right? It's all corporation stuff. All right, so here, here's what the, the, the most recent is. So that's been in the court system and they keep responding to uh, him with motions, which don't apply. So he does, they, don't, they, have, they, did, they can disregard them. But what's interesting is because of how the, and oh, let me back this up. So the court case, the defendants are the legislators in Arizona. Okay, there's 90 of them, but they're in the in the in the case. It's named with two, which is Ben Toma, the Speaker of the House, and Warren Peterson, who is the uh, President of the Senate. But it applies to all of the legislators, the turds, 90 of them that are here in Arizona. Democrat, Republican, we don't care about your party because you're both bad, right? You're both evil, both defy you know, your oaths, violate them every single day. Do nothing for we the people. So nobody, nobody is. They're all bad people. So do not give money to them and demand yeah, your money back. Bad. Hey, they're that's both bad. Every single thing one we of them. can get involved in is how about not funding the, the evil? No money. That, that's no right. Money. Do not give anyone money for a campaign. And if you did give money last year or two or three years ago, you asked for your money back because no one has done their job. They literally have violated their oaths. And according to what you're going to learn here in a minute, uh, all of these people, they didn't even take the right oath. So you don't even have a functioning government because everybody that's in office all over the country is not eligible to be in office because nobody took the right oath, okay? And this is everybody in the country, okay? Everybody in government. So you really don't even have an operating government. Your government has actually been vacated. And we, the people, actually, if we come together, we could reform it and do it the right way because they don't. none of them have authority to be in, in office right now. Because that's the subpoenas that just went out. So, and then this is, this is the, again, this is the court case. So what's interesting is, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll use that second part next. And I, and I apologize if I'm making this confusing again, I'm just running this through the first time. So you guys are, you are helping me iron out the kinks. All right. So this is, this is the part where I, I told Danielle that people are going to, going to get the most, uh, pay attention to. So what they did last week was they filed subpoenas. Okay, they filed subpoenas and they filed the subpoenas to all the people that were named in the in the, uh, the lawsuit. And then because it's the heads of the different departments, so it's your 
It is Ben Toma, who is the, the well, I just mentioned him, um, he's Speaker of the House, and Warren Peterson, and then all the legislators. So yes, you're Wendy Dodgers, who's my favorite liar, grifter, and fraudster, America first fraudster. And you've got your, uh, uh, everyone else that's in the, the legislators, and the administrators too. Now, administrators, you've got the executive branch. So Katie Hobbs, Katie Hobbit, I called her, Secretary of State, the Attorney General, the uh, county recorder. There's a whole list according, there are a list of all the people that got subpoenas. So it all, it goes to everybody that works underneath them. So it's literally the whole state. They all got a subpoena, right? So I want to make sure. Oh, and the board of supervisors, you know how I love them because they're the ones who, uh, who certified and run our elections here in Arizona, in addition to the county recorders, the county recorder and that Clint Hick Hickman, who's the chairman and the judges. So the Supreme Court judge, who is the, the main judge, which what's his name, uh, starts with a brig. It's Brighton or Britain. Um, so, they, so since he is the chief justice of the courts, all the judges receive the subpoena. It applies to every single one of them. Now the subpoena is, it's requesting their oath. So they have five days, five days to provide a copy of their oath that they took, signed, notarized copy, certified copy. Now, the great part is, is they can't produce this oath because the oath, if they did take an oath, which you probably heard that uh, it was, uh, God, I think it was Todd Callender, um, and uh, him and, and his crew had done the FOIA request and they found out that most, the, the entire cabinet uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, including Biden and the rest of the crew, they their, their oaths are not on record. And they also took the wrong oaths anyway. Now, the first, the, the oath that actually is the one that matters, and it's listed in here too. It's in the very first session of Congress, okay? This is back in like 1789, 1791, and when, they, when they met in New York, right? Because Philly, was, Philly wasn't the, the first, the place where they used to meet. So the oath that they needed to take, and they, they stayed, stayed, it has to be exact, okay? And this is, I'll read it to you here. This is from the first congressional hearing that they had, the meeting, very first one, when they were laying out how the, the states were going to uh, work together and, and do com com commerce. So if you read through this whole thing, it's all about commerce. It's, it's quite fascinating. And it's from the Library of Congress is where Daniel got it from, sent it to me. So it says the oath here has to be administered to the Senate and members of the House of Representatives. Now, this is the only oath that actually applies to the federal and the state people. Okay, so everybody in the federal government or the state government at any level was supposed to take this oath and only this oath. To wit means exact, cannot be, anything cannot be added or cannot be removed. I, A-B, so I would state my name, I, Michelle Francis Swinnick, do solemnly swear to affirm as the case may be, um, I'll go to the right one, when the case may be that I will support the Constitution of the United States. That's it, okay? The fact that it's been added to since then makes it null and void. I know it sounds so simple and crazy, but that's the constitution. This is how it works. That's what the rules are. Again, they violated everything. So if, if you're thinking everything has to be so complex, it's very not, it's very, very simple. The founding fathers created all this system very simply. We've made, they've made it complicated and then they never taught us any of this stuff. And they, that's why you don't learn any of these things in school because they want to keep it far away from you. They don't want you to know this. They don't want you to know, again, all the power is in we, the people. So something as simple as the, the subpoenas that went out, they have tomorrow is the fifth day. So they have five days. They have the fifth day. So after tomorrow, they're going to give them a couple extra days because they're like, they're like, they're trying to work with them, right? They're not, they're not bad guys. The ones that file this, the, the court case. No, no, no. They're, they're, 
they're they're trying to work, but they know that they don't have them because not they, the last time that they've tracked back anybody that took this specific oath was like in the 1930s. So they just they know that they can't provide it. So they're going to come up extra days. Now you're saying, Michelle, what about recourse? Okay, here's 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 fun part. Now, P1, no one's ever done this before because no one's ever read the rules. No one's ever done the research to just hold people accountable. Again, remember, we talked about this last time too. It's all about holding the turds accountable and it's very simple to do. And we, the people can do it. And that doesn't cost any money to hold them accountable. You just got to spend a little time, a little sweat equity, right? So if they don't return these, which none of them will because none of them have it, then Daniel can file a certain document with the clerk of the court. And then the court can then go ahead and order the sheriffs to arrest these people because they have violated the subpoena. And you're saying, well, that well, there's no way that's going to happen. Well, if it doesn't happen, then the clerk is in contempt of court himself. So the court now, so he's got to make the decision. Do I want to be in contempt of court and not do this? Or am I going to follow what the law is? So it'd be interesting. So they're throwing things into this court cases and filing documents afterwards, since this thing was originally filed in August, to basically see if the courts are following the law and they're not. They keep trying to bring it back into administrative law. Then that doesn't apply to this court case because they filed it the correct way. So with that being said, there's there's some more, but I, I know you're itching for a question or a statement here because you're, you're picking up what I'm putting down, the power oh, of this, yeah. right, Ohio, Brent? Hey, well, when you got a great coach on a roll, the players just listen. Keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, what I want everyone to realize is because of the responses of the, the attorney that's representing the turds, the Arizona legislature turds, right, the two that were named, but all 90 are included in this. Uh, he's been always filing things in the administrative court, trying to pull it back into the administrative court. And Daniel Smart, because he read the Constitution, he studied this, he's been putting it together for three years. So he pushes back basically, and it's like, no, no, we don't have to follow these things because it's like speaking two different languages. Like they're supposed, they're speaking legalese and everything with the common law is just pure English, pure, simple English. Don't make it complicated. And that's what they're trying to do, right? So what's interesting in the most recent filing, that Daniel put, he put in a writ of prohibition. Basically what that is, is to cease and desist all of your administrative acts. So if you look on the court filings, they didn't write writ of prohibition. They actually wrote this statement and this says a lot, okay? And it says basically, instead of writing that that was the document that filled in, I'm gonna pull it up because he sent it me today. It says, it is in all, in all cap letters too. It says, to principal is notice to agent and notice to agent is notice to principal, which means that basically this is to all people in the in, in that work for the government. And in that, it was that writ of prohibition, which was cease and desist all of your administrative actions. So the fact that they did that, as opposed to just saying there was a writ, because that's what everything else was listed as, because you'll see the document categories, that's a big deal. And then Daniel got a communication from the the other the attorney asking permission. Have you ever heard of an attorney or any 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 anyone in the courts asking permission from the other side to file something? That's not, not how it works. No they, way. He's asking permission because he knows that Daniel and the plaintiffs in this case are commanding the courts because we the people are actually above the courts. So because of how they filed it, they now are, they're classified in a different uh, like respect level and category because they, they're in control. 
Okay, they're in control of what has to be done. So the, the fact that the, the, the attorney asked permission, and then he said, Michelle, now think about this. Now, if what we had filed in the court case and the writs that were filed afterwards, because instead of motions, you're using writs. It's two different, just two different styles. So you're gonna be in, you're gonna be in lane A, you're gonna be in lane B. You in team Jesus or you in team doesn't really matter, right? That's just That's how right. it works, right? So you pick, pick a lane. So when he's filing these writs, if the if the judge didn't know the power of the way that this case was brought together and filed, he'd throw it out. Because the judges, what what judge puts up with anything? They love to reprimand, right? This doesn't matter if it's on TV or if it's in for a, a ticket for a, a violation for like a, like a you know on your bicycle to a court for any 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 court. Like if they're saying, oh, this is the waste of the court's time, or your your lawsuit's meaningless, right? They're always yelling at the people that are in the courtroom, whether it's the attorneys or the plaintiffs, the defendant, nothing. There's been no pushback from the judges. As a matter of fact, the first judge recused himself. Okay, so the first judge is like, I don't want to touch this. I mean, I, I know what this is. This is what they told us to be aware of. You know, like <laughs> in the movies, like I think it was in Back to the Future too, when he comes out and he's the old Biff and he comes and he, and he, and he sees the young Biff and he's like, all right, in about 20 years, the old, there's gonna be a kid that shows up. You know, he's like, basically you gotta take him out because he's got all the info. So this is what they probably warned him in, in law school. All right, because now you're part of the system, guys. At some point, somebody's gonna figure out. And now when this particular language or this document shows up and it comes across your desk as a judge, you get the hell out of Dodge because you don't wanna have anything to do with it and you pass that box to somebody else. So they, the judges was re, recused himself and then there was another judge assigned. And then there was another judge assigned after that. So there's already been three judges assigned to this case. And it just was filed originally in uh, August. So it's, it's less than two months. And people are already passing the hot potato because they know they know what this really means. Okay. That's right. So what and, a disaster, and again, Michelle. And, no, but a disaster so good for the people. That's right. But it's good for the people. So now you've got. And, and, you know, obviously this can be done in other states too, but we, we keep doing these things in Arizona. And the, all we're doing is we're asking people to get on board with us, whether it's sharing the information or clicking some buttons like for our, our campaigns and in and, and, and order to just basically hold these legislators, the administrators, I call them the church for short, accountable for not doing their jobs. Because at the end of the day, as I said earlier, when, when, what, I was, what, I, what I mentioned was that since the, the government has actually been vacated, okay, it's just an illusion right now of these people in office because they don't have any power to be there. They have no authority because they have not taken the oath, which is what allows them to exist in that office. So we actually can now go in and reform the government and put our own people in if we wanted to actually just have our own election. And remember, the elections are unconstitutional. Because not only do you have machines, you have third parties involved. Their ballots are counted in secret. Corporations are involved with the custody, which just, just, just dismantles it right there with the machines and the programs. And elections are supposed to be one day. Those are just the ones that I, that I always mention just to grab everybody's attention. So all your elections across the whole country are already unconstitutional. And the people that are running them and the people that are in office are just there because what we're, it's like the, a dollar. A dollar is not worth anything because we're, we're allowing it to be worth something because somebody said so, but if it's really not worth anything, it's a piece of paper. It's actually debt, right? 
So same thing with these people in office. They have no authorization to be there. So they're only there because we haven't realized that they have no they have no business being in office because they never took an oath. Right. So so we could say, oh, well, that's OK. No, it's not OK. It's not OK. And the only reason why we're really knowing it's not OK is because they're such POSs and SOBs and they do nothing to help we the people now because then then we are started paying attention. You started reading the rules, start reading the, their own rules. You started reading statutes, started reading the Constitution. And that's when people are like, well, then we need to get rid of you. And then we said, OK, well, you used to think you could vote them out. You can't vote them out. Again, the entire election system is fundamentally designed to control the outcomes. You're not a part of the system. You're not a part of the outcomes. You don't get to determine the outcomes. That's already predetermined. Like today, right now, you have 148 days until we will not be able to take back this country. Why, you ask? Because you have your first state elections that are going to be done, the primaries. And if you think that you're going to be able to stop a runaway train when those, when you have five, I think there's five of them, right? There's five? Where was I? I wrote it down. I don't even know. I've got stuff all over the place. I, I don't know where I put it down. That's, that's, that, that's actually Super Tuesday. The California's in there. Alabama is a bunch of other ones. So if you're going to have election machines run on those. It's going to be real hard to ban those voting machines. Remember, that's what, what we we're doing here in Arizona. We're asking for the whole country to get behind us to, to demand that the uh, voting machines are banned. Um, it's going to be hard to stop that runaway chain. That's in 148 days, which is going to be right around the corner because we're going through holiday season, kicking in, and then all of a sudden, boom, you look and you're like, oh, my God, it's already February. So uh, with with all that with all that togetherness, right? So just, just think that uh, I, I just want people to realize how important this court case is. And, and again, these things that we're doing in Arizona apply to everybody's life in the whole country. Everybody. Because the decisions that are being that on here, like when this court case is probably going to have to go to the Supreme Court. But let me, I want to mention that too. Well, what I learned yesterday, okay, this is all new to me too, guys. So don't think that I, I, I know all this stuff. I got two hours of information from Daniel today. And I really only started to understand this when he was starting to explain it back in, in May. So this is all new, but now that we can, we can all fast track. We can all fast track because we all need to get on board with this. So we were saying that, you know, it's probably going to end up in, it's going to have to go to the Supreme Court, which is fine, right? It's what everybody, we don't want everyone to understand what's going on in the first place on the way there. Well, I found out yesterday that grand juries that are made up of citizens actually are above, above, yes, I said the word above the Supreme Court of the United States. I said, wait, wait, time, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a timeout right there, Coach. Yeah. Explain that one to me. Okay, so let me let me give you the gist of the grand juries. I want you to pop up. Now, grand juries, what you probably heard, they can indict a hand sandwich, okay? Now, the grand juries is of what are people under, know more about because Trump has had a lot of grand juries indict him, right? And they issue subpoenas. So I didn't know this until like uh, when I did the show with Bill Ogden from Tactical Civics. The grand jury, okay, the grand jury is the one that has all the power. The prosecutor has no power whatsoever. He's conve the, 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 he'll convene the grand jury, but the grand jury is the one that issues the subpoenas, the one that, that can basically do whatever they want. Whatever they want. This, that, so the prosecutor is asking him to do that. I, I thought it was the other way around. No, see, everything is just the opposite. They screwed us so bad. All these years, that's all they seem to do. And then they're still doing it. So just like an example in Trump's case, in Trump's case, 
all of the people that are, that's the writ of subpoena. These are the subpoenas that went out. That's the first, that's the, so you could see what the format is. And I didn't do the other pages, but I read you guys what the oath is. So pop up, pop up the, um, which one I want you to do first. Pop up the, um, the, the Fifth Amendment. The Fifth Amendment, I think it's 20, 27, I think. 27 or 26. It's a, It says the Fifth Amendment. I want to read the Fifth Amendment because this is the power of the grand jury, Okay. So in uh, so when you this is a it's, it, my it, my mind has been blown when these boys tell me on this job. So in Trump's situation, those grand jurors could actually have said, "No, we don't want to issue a subpoena for Trump. We're going to issue it for you, the prosecutor, because you need to get arrested because you are committing crimes." And that's exactly what could happen because the people have the power, right? Because they are the grand jury. They do, and, and the grand jury, again, grand jury is above the Supreme Court because we put the people in, we created the Supreme Court. We created the constitution. We can change these things. We, and and we've, we've already had the structure. We just don't even know we have the power. So this is the fifth amendment. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless a presentment or indictment of a grand jury. Presentment is done if it is a grand jury that was convened by the people an indictment is if a grand jury was convened, mean brought together by the prosecutor. Notice how presentment is before indictment. What this is when words matter in the Constitution, placement matters in the Constitution, and it matters if there's like a comma or if there's a semicolon. It changes the meaning. So when the fact that presentment is first, it gives more weight to actually the people being convened rather than the prosecutor, all right? So except in cases arising in land or naval forces, blah, 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 nor shall any person or subject be the same difference, put in jeopardy, life or limb. So this is where they actually give the power right there to the grand jury, right? So the grand jury. Now, grand jury is just a, a bunch of people that were selected. And now pull up the other one that I sent you. Now, the the grand jury, the grand jury, they, they have basically twisted it so that the grand jury, they want you to think the grand jury is, is all about the prosecutor and the prosecutor brings him, he presents the evidence. And then they usually always side with the prosecutor because they're told to basically, they're told to, and they're swayed that direction. I mean, just watch a bunch of law and orders and you could see it right there, but they are basically instructed and influenced to just follow with whatever the prosecutor brings because the other side doesn't get the opportunity to bring anything forward. So that they usually just go ahead and go along with whatever the prosecutor said. They don't know that they have the power to do anything that they needs to get done. Like I said, they can go ahead and issue the subpoenas for the prosecutor. They don't have to go with what the prosecutor says, but they don't know that that's their role. The power of the ground jury is substantial. So the evil, evil people in our government, the evil people that are in all these think tanks and and these pearl clutchers and these scholars and these uh, these uh, all these really smart people that are totally against you and me. But what they did is in 1944, they made a note. Okay, a note is like me writing on a piece of paper. It just that's it. There's no changes to the constitution. No laws have been passed. Nothing. So, but they always hang their hat on this because uh, there's been a couple times that I've seen this pop up from different people. So they all reference this because this is what the scholars have decided. 
So the scholars have decided that the notes of the advisory committee of rules on 1944 and all, all this comes, they all reference Cornell University. So I don't know what Cornell and law of Cornell school is, but for some reason, that's their Bible, right? Number four. So this is how they are discrediting, discrediting grand juries. So presentment is not included as an additional type of formal accusation since presentments are a method of instituting prosecutions are obsolete or at least as concerns as the federal courts. None of that's true. Okay. Notice how they, it's presentment because this is, no, no, there's talking about the fifth amendment. Remember I said presentments are done by a citizen grand jury, a grand jury called by the citizens, which is we, the people, rather than an indictment, which is the same thing, except if it's by a prosecutor. So right here, they're trying to throw presentments and the citizen grand juries under the West by saying, oh, it's obsolete. No, nothing's obsolete. They just don't want you to do it. So they all reference this. You'll hear them. If anyone starts talking about it, they'll reference this, this rule. So then that way they can make you think, oh, no, no, it's obsolete. You can't do that. No, you can do it. They don't want you to do it because once they know that we know the power that we have, all hell's going to break loose, especially now. So again, this is the time, everybody. This is the time to lace up those, those shoes, get those cleats on, wrap those ankles, <laughs> and get you and do some stretching because we need everybody. On, and I'm going to upgrade it from the playing field to the battlefield. I need all the warriors on the battlefield and everybody that wants to become one because here's what we're also going to do in Arizona. And I know that we, we got to wrap this up soon, right? We got like five minutes. Yep. So in Arizona, I just talk, talked about the grand juries, the power of the grand juries. Now, Tactical Civics is a group that I'm working with, and they teach they teach about the grand juries. They teach about the they, they teach about uh, the Constitution, right? They teach about a bunch of other different things. But they've they've done the research, right? They, and they've gone through a bunch of stuff, and they estimate that they've come up with a number. They need a half of 1% of a county, because this all goes back to the county. Again, I'm here in Mayor Corruption County, Anarchy, Arizona. And it, 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 they go back to the counties. Everything comes, everything comes out of the counties. All evil lurks in the counties, right? So one half of 1% of the people, if they convene, come together, and then they can go to the board of supervisors in the county, and request an ordinance be put on paper, which is they're just writing stuff and approving it. It's not like it's a it's a it's a lot. It's 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 not moving mountains, people. If they request a grand grand jury, and it gets put on the ordinance, then now you have a grand jury. So it's one half of one percent is what's required for a county. So when I was first talking to him, I said, Maricopa, there's no way. There's like four and a half million people. One half of one percent. It was like 20, 25,000. I'm like, we need a different county. Do a different county. <sighs> Cochise County. Guess how many, Brett? How many people we need in Cochise County? Which is down by where? The border. Those people not happy. And those people were all over the election stuff because they were going to do a hand count. Mark Elias came in and stent through all those lawsuits. And so did KB Hobbit said she was going to put them in jail if they did a hand count. Really, it's unconstitutional not to do a hand count. Guess how many people we need in Cochise County, Arizona, in order to convene a citizen grand jury? Tell us, Six, Coach. 628. Okay? So six. Now, that's a, that's a number I can work with. Okay? So 628 people. If we can get them all to say, yes, we want to do a grand jury, we, you know, there, there's a template paperwork you 
you know, do what you got to do. We go down and we tell the, the, the county, the board of supervisors, we want to, we want, we want to convene a grand jury. And if they say no, which they, they just need more of us to be there. We say, well, we are the government. You didn't even take the right oath. You actually don't even belong here. So we want to, we want to have a grand jury. Now you have a citizen's grand jury. Again, what did they say about the citizen grand jury? It's above the Supreme Court. So it's citizen grand jury, Supreme Court. Now you actually have the ability to go in force and bring forward those presentments, which is equal to an indictment for all the evil crimes that we know that go on every single day here in Arizona, not only in the whole country. And actually have like, you could, you could, you could have a trial. You could do the same things they're doing to Trump. But you do it to the people that are actually committing the real crimes. And you know that I investigated the uh, November 8th election here in Arizona and the laundry list of people that I could put together to bring in and to, to bring in presentments, which is the indictments, with the actual evidence that I can prove in, in the court of law because I can't go to the other courts of law because of how the law works. So you have all the evidence. I have all the dead bodies, but yet I can't, I won't be able to move forward with it, right? But if we had a citizen grand jury, I could do it. I could do it as soon as we get that convened. So now we're at the point, and I think you you've talked about this on your show, and I know that you talk about it when you go across the country. You can't rely on uh, a, a candidate, a politician. You can't even rely on the law in order to get anything done for justice because you've already seen that doesn't work. And you've got and then and it's a lawless society. So this is how we, the people, take our power back, okay? It's a lot of other stuff's theory that's great. Uh, this is tangible. This is real. This is happening now. So the, the, here's the call to action. The call to action is two. Again, you got see SaveMyFreedom.us, SaveMyFreedom.us. You're going to go there. You're going to subscribe, okay? Now, once you click on it, the Take Action Toolkit that I just put together, I just put it together. It talks about why Arizona is the most demonic, evil, destructive, and powerful state in the whole country. Because all of the stuff from the Great Reset that you heard about, the 5G smart cities, which we were the first state to pass the bill to start the 5G smart cities. Didn't know that. Just found that out. I mean, it is just mind-blowing what comes out of this state. Okay? So Michael Crow, there he is. He is the ASU president, Arizona State University. And the, and the ASU stuff's everywhere. Gee, I wonder why, because that's where all the money comes in. He's also the chair of InQtel, which is the CIA, yes, Central Intelligence Agencies. That is their, he's the chairman. Now the CIA's InQtel is their money, oh, I'm chirping, is their, um, is their venture capital version or venture capital company. So that's where the money comes from. And it's basically, there's been even, you you can um it's been uh uh they've basically you could see the connection because big tech where it got its start was from inqtel which is the cia which now kind of makes make sense right so i put that toolkit together so i encourage you to read that there's a video interview that alex newman did with a friend of ours christian williamson and it lays it all out i mean all of this stuff comes from arizona it's the bioweapons and the mRNA technology. I mean, it goes, there's a, I did a long paragraph of all the stuff that's listed. And that's why this state is so important that we need to stop the evil, but we can, we can do that, but we need the help of everybody in the country because there's not enough of us here that are active in Arizona, just like every state. So let's just say that there's 1% in every state that's active. And it's not even that, it's like a half a percent. So we're going to need like 30 states to get more people to make an impact. Because if, 
there's only a hundred people that are clicking on our email campaigns in order to send the emails to the 215 turds in Arizona. It includes all the people that got subpoenas and then even more. And there's only say a thousand people that are doing it a day. It's not enough because if I'm a demon and there's only a thousand people that are telling me that I, that I suck, I don't care. Right. It's not enough because I'm already a demon. I like, I already know I suck, but not enough of you are saying that I suck. So whatever, I'm not going to listen to you because that's what the board of supervisors does when we go down to the meetings because not enough people are there at the meetings. Like now if 10,000 people were telling me I suck because I get 10,000 emails today, I'm going to start paying attention because now there's people from other states and right. you guys keep telling me I suck on social media. So I keep seeing my name and now my name's trending. Then they take notice because they are weak, pathetic, uh, insecure people. So again, it's about holding them accountable. And you should do this in your own state. But since we've got the momentum here, we've got all of these things happening in Arizona, right? Because, and, and all you do is hear about all this stuff in Arizona. So I'm just asking the country to get on board. When you go to savemyfreedom.us, I want you to read that toolkit. There's all other toolkits in there, all different categories about the elections, about child sex slave trafficking, all kinds of stuff. I do all the time. I'm going to just, I'm going to do a couple more this week. If you look at the top button on the left-hand side, because the headers have six different websites in there, it says ban the machines. You're going to click on that. You're going to go to there once a day. There's three st There's three steps. There's four clicks. Daniel's court case is there. I'm going to upload the rest of his documents so you can see the subpoenas. I want you to read that court case. It's not legal mumbo jumbo. It's in English. And it gives all the information about why the, uh, the elections are unconstitutional. Then there's the remonstrance in there that you're going to do the one click and it's going to, you're going to sign it, right? Because he's going to use those in court as evidence. And it also gives you all the talking points and it goes to show that it expresses the grievances of the we, the people, and why the, the, the elections are unconstitutional. Then the one click email all the people uh, in Arizona and it's for the first two campaigns that we're doing. And I want you to read this stuff because it gives you the information. You're going to become so smart real quick and it will it'll get you pissed off. You're going to become smart, extra smart, and you're going to be really pissed off. And that's what I need you to be pissed. So you're, you're not only you're demanding that the machines be banned in Arizona. And then the second one is to uh, demand an investigation into the elections, the corruption and the fraud here in Arizona, which I already did. So that's the best part. We want them to do it. We know they're not going to do it. But it would be great if thousands and tens of thousands of people a day are demanding it. It takes less than two minutes to do. And then when I come in and I say, I already did it. And then, then it's not, it's not going to end well for any of these people. It's right? not going to end well. And that's what, what every well, great coach does, Michelle. I guarantee well. you 30 minutes is never enough for Michelle Swinnick. <laughs> never <laughs> so I enough. It. I you I did a great job. And I'm so thankful good. that you shared your time and you were available to come into the locker room on the Ohio Brett show. Michelle Swinnick, I appreciate you so much. I know you and I got some major projects that we're working on together. Yeah. You're doing such a great job in Arizona and beyond. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, my friend. And everybody, savemyfreedom.us. Go there once and then you're going to click on these things once a day. But hold them accountable. Join us. Twitter, that's where it's at. So it's we'll so have cool. you on soon, Michelle. And everybody go to SaveMyFreedom.us. God bless you, Michelle. Thanks for coming on the Ohio Brett Show for God and country and sports. Friends, that's what we do in the locker room. We use the sports background to bring truth tellers in the locker room. 
center left and center right are uniting like never before, all race, color, and creed. And from that great state of Washington is up next because Michelle Swinnick is definitely taking care of Arizona and everything she's doing. She's an absolute superstar. And I'm... are too vulnerable for researchers have repeatedly demonstrated that ballot recording machines and other voting systems are susceptible to tampering even hackers with limited prior knowledge tools and resources are able to breach voting machines in a matter of minutes in 2018 electronic voting machines in georgia and texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another the biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling that. It is the individual voting machines that some pose, that pose some of the greatest risk. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. Workers were able to easily hack into an electronic voting machine. It was possible to switch votes. 43% of American voters use voting machines that researchers have found have serious security flaws, including back doors. We know how vulnerable now our systems were. We know, I know the hackathon that took place last year where virtually every machine was broken into. fascists active in this country. Jenna just listed off who they are. She politely calls them election deniers. I'm supposed to call them election enthusiasts as an official position in my office, but I personally prefer just calling them what they are. They are fascists. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.